Welcome to the Landed Statement of Word podcast. We got a new name, which is really cool. This is the second time um, we've been able to uh, to use that. So, um, so we have Kathy Cleveland Bull, who who has given me permission to call her KCB, by the way, because uh, apparently we've hung out now long enough that, that that I'm in that club. So I feel privileged. And besides, it's just it's just long. Yeah, it is. All right. So um, at any rate, so just to, to let our listeners know kind of what, what the topic of the day is, and, and we'll see where it goes and, and, and why Kathy um, is, is so instrumental with the Landed organization. Um, so, you know, back when this thing started, uh, Dave and I were, were, it really started with our transition services to, to, to help people who are out of work get back into work as fast as possible. And, and what we quickly realized is that um, as much as we wanted to, um, as much as we wanted to tell people, you know, this is, you know, this is the approach you should use. These are the tools you should use. Um, this is the language you should use. Uh, we recognized very quickly that um, we, we had a, we really had a psychology we had to deal with first. Um, so people who were coming in, and, and by the way, I've been through this, Dave's been through it, I mean, everybody's been through it, but, you know, people would come in feeling completely stripped of their identity, um, fearful about um, what the future holds, a lot of anxiety, um, rejection, you name it. Um, it. It's a pretty serious traumatic life event. Um, uh, you know, it's certainly not on par with, with the death of a loved one or, or probably a divorce, but it's right there behind it. And so... Dave and I began um, really looking for a partner who had some expertise in the psychology of transition, who could not only come in and, and, and help our clients understand what they were, you know, what was going on in their minds, number one, but number two, some practical strategies um, for, for dealing with that. Because the reality is you can't get down to the business of really putting a good um, search campaign together if you don't have your head on straight. And, and so um, so we met you, Kathy, yeah. and you were one of the originals, um, one of them. Seriously, you were. it was you and Dawn and I think Kathleen, Catherine Laverdier and, and Dave and I. Um, but but uh, Kathy brings that expertise, and, and I'll let you get into kind of your background here in a second. But what we're going to talk about today is the psychology of transition, but we're going to talk about it from a number of different angles. And this is what's cool having you around is, is you know, we, we can talk about the hardwiring of the brain and the chemistry of the brain, you know, all, all the, you know, all the things that atoms make in the brain, um, because that's very real, and people have to understand um, have to understand how all that works in order to contain, you know, some anxiety and some fears, and um, certainly the the you know you know the food that you eat and sleep that you get um, is really critical for the machinery to work well. Um, I, you know, you know me. I'm marginally interested in that. I'm way more interested in the stuff that the mush can't explain, which is the mind. Um, which, you know, some would argue is part and parcel to the mush. Um, I'm of the belief, and I think you're of the belief, that it's something different. Um, and it's something special and separate. And so um, that, to me, is the elephant. Um, that is the thing that really needs to be um, front and center when, when you're talking to people about how to get your head on straight and how to get your psychology right. You've got to deal with the mind. And so Kathy can speak to both. And that's why you're here 
today, and that's yeah. why you've been around Landon for so long. So I, I just want to, you know, first of all, welcome um, and and kick it over to you real quick. Just talk about kind of your business and and um, your background, and then and then we're going to jump right into it. Excellent. So I have a company, and I've had it since um, January of 2001, called Encompass Consulting, where I help clients navigate the art and science of change. And one way to help them do that is to understand the psychology behind change and transition, which is why I got connected with Landed a year ago, about a year ago. And um, I have a background in psychology and then an advanced degree in, in counseling. So I bring, and I've been a student of, like a real learner of psychology for 25 years, and I love everything that's psychological. I love thinking about things that are psychological and interacting with people um, in that space. So I can't get enough of that. So being able to bring that to a practical question of how to help people in career transition is really exciting to me. Yeah, it's great, and it's great to have you here. And so, let, let's let's jump in. Let's let's do the machinery first. Okay. Um, so, when somebody's dealing with a traumatic event like a job loss, uh, what what's happening? You know, just from a wiring perspective, what's going on inside yeah. of the brain? That's that really to important know? to know because we are hardwired for survival, so we have high alert for threat. And that's just the way the brain is stacked. It's just the evolutionary process of the brain. It's stacked to have um, things come through uh, the base of the brain stem, which is our automatic systems. And that's where our fight and flight is. Mm -hmm. And then it funnels through this emotional part of the brain, the limbic system, which Mm -hmm. is that mid part. And then most recently evolved is this cerebral cortex, which thinks. Um, But we aren't moving to the thinking part when we face a job loss, we feel threatened. And so the parts that are really working hard are is the um, that base brainstem and the limbic system because it's feeling a threat. Mm-hmm. And that triggers all sorts of processes in our body. Mm-hmm. Uh, the anxiety, the depression, the fear, the sense that I don't know if I can survive this. Right. Now the, le- the thinking brain is saying, and your friends are telling you, got this This is no big deal it's no problem why are you getting so upset about it but that's not how you feel inside you're feeling threat Mm -hmm. and that can I survive so it triggers off this real sense of um, a survival yeah and I mean and that's your base I mean that's your reptilian brain right so so I have to think that's happening on a subconscious level right Um, and so you start breathing heavily right Um, and and I, I have to think and correct me if I'm wrong when you're breathing heavily, your thinking brain, your your cortex is is, is saying something must be wrong because right. you're breathing heavily. Right. Um, and does that I mean does that trigger the the anxiety? Well, there's there's two systems in the in our autonomic nervous system that are at work, and they're both both very important. One is the sympathetic nervous system, which is that stress response, the thing that shoots the cortisol through your body. Um, creates that anxiety, also causes you to hold on weight in your middle, by the way, but that's a whole other topic. Um, And then there's the parasympathetic nervous system. That system is the rest and, you know, the relaxation system. We have to, both of those can be automatic, so we want to turn on that um, parasympathetic system to calm down. But what you're describing is the brain is, is telling you, Red alert, red alert, and so right. this cortisol sh- shooting through your body. Right. And the 
the blood flow is actually going to your brain, mm -hmm. your eyes, your ears, your arms, your legs, because you're trying to get away from threat. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, it's not good long-term. It's a great short-term strategy, like when you're being chased by the bear, then right. yes, you want that turned on. But for the long-term, you can't operate in that for an optimal health mm -hmm. perspective. So you want to get back into that relaxation response. When you've lost your job, you're still feeling like it's threat. And so we want to move people through that right. sympathetic nervous system, go into turning on the parasympathetic nervous yeah. system, the rest, relaxation, um, calm down, you know, this is not gonna kill you. But if you don't know that that's happening at a subconscious level, then you're not aware that you can do something about it. Right, and, and you're right that you know, when the bear is chasing you or the tiger, you know, emerges from the, you know, from the brush in the jungle, um, that's optimal to, to quickly, you know, react and get out of dodge. Right. Um, but with job searches, sometimes those can last three months. Right. You can't there, there have that no, turned on. There is no lion coming out of the brush in an, in an instant. Um, this is something that's a prolonged, sustained threat. And if you can't break that cycle, I, yes. I mean, it's, it's miserable. Right, right. And you probably make everybody miserable around you. Actually, I know for a fact that you do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just speaking right. in hypothetical through terms. through it, right. Um, so let, let's jump right, right into practical strategies then. Um, so how do you turn it off? What are some strategies for those who might be listening right now? Yeah. So what we want to do, that gets right to our issue around mindset. So if you have this system that's sort of turned on. I always like to say that our brains are hardwired for survival, but not success. And that, what I mean by that is that you are on high alert for threat. So you have to understand, I've got to do something different. I've got to take charge of this situation. I've got to take charge of where I'm at right now and turn it around for myself. And the way you have to turn it around is first of all, recognize, and you brought it up at the, at the top, recognize you're experiencing tremendous feelings of loss and um, suffering around loss of identity. Uh, if you've lost your job, you've lost not just your identity, but you've lost your routine. You've yeah. lost your sense of security. And so you've lost your coworkers, your friends, like your community, your way to work, like all of that is gone. It's very disruptive. So we want people to understand there's going to be grieving around the endings. So understanding a transition, um, the phases of transition, what starts with endings, grieve that loss. We're not going to jump right to, here's some strategies for finding a new job. Right. No, let's get through the loss. And I like to say that if you don't, you're carrying that baggage in with you to an interview, to a new job, and it's going to come back and it, bite it shows. you. It, it absolutely yeah. shows. We, we, we have folks come in here like that all the time. It's written all over their faces. And, yeah. and unfortunately, in this um, you know, you know, Darwinian world we live in, um, weakness does not fly in, no. in the job market whatsoever. Um, and so you know, people really have to figure out how to shape that. Are you getting that feedback? Yeah. Is somebody sawing upstairs? Downstairs. <laughs> Oh my they God, are. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Okay, so at any rate, we're back. So so honestly, tell me this much, because I'm a believer in this, and I know you are as, as well, and, and we'll, we'll probably get into a little Buddhist philosophy here as well, but uh, 
I am a believer that the human mind is incredibly, it's powerful, um, more so than people give it credit for. I think the human mind um, it has unbelievable power in shaping reality. Um, your thoughts can shape reality, and you, you touched on it just a second ago. So if you're if you're thinking negative thoughts and you get in that loop and you're thinking, God. They didn't want me. They rejected me. I'm no good. Like, I mean, everybody's been there, right? And that kind of starts to loop. It starts to loop. And then guess what? Bad things start to happen. Yeah, right. Um, you don't get as many calls for, for job opportunities. Um, you're not having as many networking meetings. Um, you, you find yourself a little alienated. And if you're not careful, you wind up in the valley of despair, which right. is which is that death spiral you can get into. And so, I mean, are you with me that, 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 that yes. your thoughts can shape and reality? And I'll tell you, no one knows why that is, but we know that it is. And there has right. been research that's proven that. Right. And what you're describing, that sort of negative feedback loop, we want to provide people an off-ramp. Yes. We've got to give them a positive pathway. So a positive pathway, get them off that, um, that negative feedback cycle, give them some way out. And in Jungian psychology, which is my background, we say that there is, you can't, you know, I say you can't take a helicopter over it. You can't take the bypass around it. Right. The only way out is through. The only way out is through. And so you take the time you need mm-hmm. to get the help you need and the support you need to move forward and start tapping into the unlimited potential of that mind, which you're describing, yeah. and have it work for you. Mm-hmm. Instead of have it be, you know, are you going to be on your own side or not? Right. And if you can't be on your own side, like I can help people get on their own side. Right. Instead of being the person that is providing the negative um, impetus to their yeah. future. I mean, because you see it all over the place. That, that, that The people who are most successful in this world tend to be optimistic. They, they, they tend to have a positive view of the world. They tend right. to see themselves... As the center and having control versus, you know, the external world having influence over them. Um, and, and it's a formula you see repeated over and over again. And, and in the job market, it's exactly the same. The question is, you've just been dealt a very serious blow. Right. And, and it's incredibly hard. You know, anybody listening right now would say, yeah, okay, you know, that's easy for you to say because you're not going through it. But what I can tell you is I have been through it. Right. And, um, and, and I, you know, I've been standing looking into the abyss like everybody else, and it's, it's a bad place to be. And, and it just really gives, takes a hit, yeah, a, a and, tremendous hit on the ego. But unfortunately, the, the world responds in kind. And, uh, yeah. and when you're there, good things aren't happening. Um, and so, you know, I, what I tried, and you tell me if there's there's some power in this. Um, what I tried to do was to be mindful of my thinking right. and to catch myself when I started to go into one of those loops, and just to say, just stop it. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're going to work again. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, of course, you've accomplished a lot. Relax, man. And then it would, you know, whenever it would start again, like it, it was a conscious effort. Let's put it this way, um, to change the way. That I thought, and, and in many ways, it was kind of mechanical and artificial for mm-hmm. a while, but it helped. Right. It helped me get out. Right. Any reality to that? There, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things I use, and you've heard me talk about the default setting, 
And some people just are naturally more prone to positivity. And actually, there's research that shows that that means they have more cortical activity on the left side of their brain, mm-hmm. but people don't need to know that. Right. But it's true that some people are just more predisposed to being positive. Mm-hmm. If you are not, if for some reason you tend to be uh, more of Eeyore, you know, more negative, more down, or you call yourself just, I'm just realistic, uh, then you have to overcome, you have to do something specific to overcome that. You have to work with your self-talk and you have to consciously choose different ways of thinking to turn that around towards that positive pathway. Um, What you're experiencing is real, but it isn't true. Like it feels real that I'm threatened and that um, I might not find a job and nobody's going to hire me. And that feels real to you, but it isn't true. It's not. It's not true. Every single person we work with through Landed and through our coaching practices, will find work. They will find that next job, but they don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. And we can provide the confidence that we know they can, not only because of the tools we provide, um, but because of the way we help them shape their thinking. Yeah, you know, and... It's both. It's both of those things. I agree. And and I very rarely, um, you know, when our clients land in new roles, I, I very rarely hear people say, God, it just turned out worse. Right. Right. I mean, I I very rarely hear that. And and so it does get better. Um, And so, you know. And you know the other thing they might say, Chris, sorry to interrupt. No, it's okay. They might say that job loss was the best thing that Uh, ever happened to me. Right. And and, and and it is some a lot of times because you know the more the, I had the further to be you, pushed forward. Yeah, and the further you you get from the event, um, and the more and, and, and I'm just going to speak personally, right, and not hypothetically, but the longer I was out, um, and the more my identity of being a corporate you know executive kind of died, um, and then eventually just died. Yeah. Um, you know, when you would look in the mirror every day, you would be looking at the self. Not... I was going to talk about that. Yeah. So I'm teeing you up. I'm, I'm you going down are. the, I'm going oh down the young end path for you. <laughs> but, but I mean, this this was my experience is that, uh, you know, I, I'd be looking at myself and for the first time because the person I was looking at for years and years and years was a job title, was an income um, was, you know, a status symbol, was a car, was a house. It, I, it was all of those things. And after five or six months, it was none of those things, which, and maybe this is what Young was talking about, the fighting through. That was the moment that I said, okay, well, since I got nothing else to lose, right. better figure this out. Right. And I swear to God, that was the moment Turning point. that I got on track. Exactly. What you're describing is sort of backing up. The ego really, really wants to be the real deal. Mm-hmm. The ego wants to be the real thing. And so it props up all these artificial things to make it think it's real. The ego isn't the real thing. No. So you might, this might be a real blessing if your ego gets sort of tinkered with or shattered or, gets, or yeah. you know, or it gets or too it gets, big. Yeah, or it gets chipped away. Because then, as you had the experience, Chris, 
you look in the mirror and you start to see, wait, there's a true self in there. Right. And to come in contact with that, to really come in contact with that true self, people can live their whole whole lives and never have that. Right. Right. Never have that sense of, wait, there's something, this persona is not me. Right. And doesn't it feel like when you shed that persona skin, you feel something light. you feel liberated you feel you feel light and you feel like where have you been right. and um you know what, what and, and that's kind of what we do here is to help people figure out the self because that's where it's at that's where the fun is that's where the magic happens and so you know when i when i do coaching the first question i'll ask uh, a client is one well, tell me about like, who are you right and, you know, of course, they'll say, you know, give me their whole resume. Right. And, you know, and then I progressed into this job and moved to this community. And I let them get it out. It usually takes about 20 minutes. I'm like, it was great talking to your ego. Now, who are you? Yes. And and so that then starts the, the, the conversation more around who are you at the core? Like, like what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What do you love to do? Who are you and what makes you uniquely you? And that's a much more productive path to go down and so I just I want people who are listening to this to understand that a lot of that pain you're feeling and a lot of that discomfort it's your ego dissolving but it's not a bad thing no it's actually not a bad thing um it's so to, it's your movement towards in Jungian terms you know individuation yes. you become more more who you are at your center and some sometimes I would say I would argue all the time, the best way there is through suffering. Mm-hmm. The yes. best way there is through suffering. Yes. Like you, if you, if life is rosy, you don't ever have to question the validity of that persona. Yeah, you just buy it. Yeah, I, yeah. But I, that is not good for you in the long run. It's not. No, you're right. And and uh, I I think I realized for the first time too that life is about the struggle. Right. You know, like like you can't. You can't find yourself without the struggle. To your point, and so, um, I, I mean, it's it's a different way to look at job loss, and I and I get it that there are some short term things to be worried about. Those are those are real, um, and it's worthwhile to kind of sit down and put together your financial plan and um, your strategies. We help people with that. You know, but cut the cord to cable and yeah. grab yourself a fire stick. It's better yeah. anyway. Um, but there are a number of things you can do if you really sit down and um, put your plan together. You realize you have more time than you think, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and that can put your mind at ease a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's not a bad thing. And let me give you another reason why um, I think what we're providing is so helpful. This is not the last transition you will go through. Right. This isn't it. But if you can learn these strategies and these really important pieces about to understand this is how my mind works, this is how my brain works, and here are some specific strategies for navigating this transition, guess what? You've got the tools to navigate the next transition, right. and I guarantee you there'll be one. Right. It may not be a job transition, but you may experience a loss of a loved one or, you know, or a relocation or who knows what. There will be transitions coming up, coming your way, mm-hmm. and wouldn't it be great to have some really effective strategies to navigate that change in the future. Right. Uh, how do you feel about meditation? It's absolutely key for everybody. Everybody can benefit. Five minutes a day, doesn't matter. 30 minutes a day. Everybody can benefit from meditation because all you're doing is calming 
that in Buddhism called monkey mind, the thing that just, it's the spin cycle, and you can get off the spin cycle. Yeah, just yeah. It's, it's, brings it's, down. it's the problem-solving brain, right, that you're shutting down. But why is that important? to shut that off for even if it's just 10 minutes a day like what, what are the what are the benefits you can get during the day and let's say you've gone through a job loss um, what are the benefits you can gain well any kind of practice any kind of you know practice where you're you're in reality we don't call meditation meditation we call it practice sitting practice mm -hmm. because you don't do it right nobody does it right you just do it mm -hmm. you sit down and you do it the benefit is the way you're training the mind to work for you instead of against you. Because your thoughts, your mind, the kinds of things that are spinning off, it's your storyline and, and you get bought into the storyline. Meditation allows you to sort of stop the action and every time you drift off, you come back. Mm -hmm. Drift off, come back. And um, there are so many wonderful apps that you, know, you can use to sort of help with that. And for some people who say meditation is a little too Eastern for them, contemplative prayer is exactly the same thing. It's mm -hmm. you know a little bit more mainstream maybe yeah but all for the same benefit tame that that mind that is just it's not serving you it's serving the ego yeah back to the ego well so yeah it's serving and, yourself and, and, and I'm sorry I discovered that um, so late in life um, because it, it really is beneficial I mean it's something that I try to do every morning 10 minutes um, it usually takes me about three minutes to shut the hell up right because I'm constantly I'm talking to myself right. I've just had a cup of coffee and I'm talking and it takes me about three to five minutes to just shut it all down um, and focus on a singular thought um, mm -hmm. and to constantly There's go back so to many, that singular thought. That's that's for me, so right? So many that's different how I do methods. It. Well, what I'll say is, is, and it takes practice, uh, to your point. Like like people will say, well, I tried it three times. You know and, what? And you start, work. I'll tell you what, you start getting good at it decade two, decade <laughs> three. That's when you start getting really pretty good at meditation. Right. But even after a month, though. I mean, yeah. you can get some benefit. I, oh, you, you won't be there's benefit for day one. Yeah. Because the benefit is you recognize my mind is constantly going. Yeah. And, and what you'll feel. Um, and so like the first three or four times, like you're, you're going to, your brain's going to take over and it's going to wander and everything like that. And you're going to be fighting it. And that's what it is. It's, 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 it's like, it's like working out a muscle. So for those of you that, that try it, um, just know that the, the beginning, it's, it's difficult. Um, but as you get better at it, you know, even as you go into it for two weeks, three weeks, you will feel the switch turn um, and you'll kind of start to zone out and essentially you become a part of the here and now, um, which is really where you want to be with this um, because, uh, and, and I'm stealing from, from a philosopher that I, I really like, um, but uh, um, he said something really powerful, and this is just, you know, Eastern um, as well, but he said that, you know, we spend so much of our time in the future and so much of our time in the past, but there's nothing real no. about the future or the past. They're just ideas. Mm -hmm. They're just thoughts. They're just symbols. They're, they're, there's really nothing tangible there. The only thing that's real, the only thing that's tangible is now. Is this breath. Yeah. And now this breath. That's the only there there really is no linear time it's just now and it's always been now right um and that that was just really compelling for me but i think meditation is a way to get kind of in in connection with the here and now and what happens is when that alarm goes off when you get better at it you feel refreshed mm -hmm. you feel good it actually is is as good as a nap 
I totally agree. You know, I totally you can agree. Get re- really reju- rejuvenated. Yeah, from like I'll, I'll go do a workout right yep. after that. Bang, yep. and and, and I, you feel phenomenal. So um, I, I think that's a good strategy. I, mm-hmm. I wish somebody would have told me that or taught right. me that when I was going. Well, my we ordeal. talk about it in our transition workshop. That, that is that is um, true. I have a bracelet that says it has the word inscribed on it, and people ask me about it when I wear it. The word is stay. Stay, because it's just a reminder that. I've got to stay in this present moment. I don't need to chase something in the future, and I don't need to be spending my time regretting anything in the past. You know, fear yeah. of the future and regret of the past are twin thieves that rob us from today. Oh, I love it. And um, that somebody said that, not me, somebody else, but I don't know the who. <laughs> that was your opportunity yeah. to just <laughs> steal it right there. Ooh. That was good, though. I mean, it's, it's powerful, and, 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 and getting to the self is so important. What's interesting is when you when you do finally find the self, then you stop comparing yourself um, to others. I used to do that all the time. I remember when I was kind yeah. of in my court and I was in the climb, you know, the climb. Right. And I was always looking around to see, all right, who's competing Measure for up. me? For I'm ahead promotion. of him. I'm behind him. Right. And then in my neighborhood and, you know, yeah. I'd always say, well, this person's my age and are they ahead or behind me? Right. And I haven't had those thoughts in at least two years. I don't even think about that anymore. That's the judging. I wanted to talk about that. I mean, there's there's this matter. mind that sort of just narrates the world. You know, it's that voice that sort of narrates the world. Chris and I are in a podcast right now. That's the narrator. The narrator doesn't stick with just narrating the world. It then goes to judging. Yes. Did we do this good or is this shitty? Like, is this good or bad? And so no, you all said of us. I know. Am I allowed take, to say that on a podcast? No. Oh, crap. This is a podcast. Um, okay. Yeah. So then we all of a sudden it sorts of shifts to this judgmental mind, which does us no good. Like if we can go back to the narrator, and even behind the narrator is just the stillness. And if you think about who, who, what part of you, when you're meditating, Chris. What part of you is the part that says thinking, that points out, I just, I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I got to bring it back to here. Right. Thinking, bring it back to here. Yep. That's the self. Yeah, I agree. The self is the one that has the wisdom, that's the inner wisdom guide that brings you back to now. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing when you discover that. And, and I know we probably sound like hoo-hoo to people, right? Like, oh, okay. Here yeah. they go. You guys gonna, I turned you guys it off have, after five you minutes. In, you have some <laughs> incense burning in the room. Yeah, thanks well, a lot. Well, they don't know, but we have it going right now. Uh, we do not. <laughs> um, so, but, but it is true. I mean, it, it's a beautiful thing when you when you find the self because it's it's liberating. It, it, it frees you from, um, from all of the, the bullshit um, that you're surrounded by. And what's, what's really fascinating is that you, you still live in the same world but it's totally different because of your mindset and the lens that you're looking through. Same, same world, totally different view on it. Um, so it, in, in many ways, it almost is like living in a different world right. um, than, than you were before. And, and it's weird when you, when you get there, you kind of look at others who haven't gotten there um, and you want them to get there. In every, in every religious, spiritual tradition, in some way or another, they talk about waking up out of the dream. In some way, they have some concept for waking up out of the dream. It's an illusion. Wake up. You know, change your mind. And um, 
and and it's a it's really mystical. It's a it's a mystery. None of us know. Um, we can't describe it. You know, it's hard to talk about it. Even us trying to articulate mm-hmm. waking up or or just touching in or tapping into that true self somehow. Yeah. Um, one of the ways that we use in Jungian psychology to describe that is the psyche is always trying always trying to move us towards wholeness and individuation always so if you feel compelled like progression we call it progression energy if you feel pulled forward towards something it could be towards a new career um, a new relationship that energy that pulls you forward that's the psyche speaking to you right regression energy is the energy that's sort of saying no longer interested in this yeah i don't want to pursue this anymore yeah. i don't need to be pulled into this you know this conflict or i don't want to get pulled into that anymore well, that's yeah. regression energy and it's the part of you it's the inner wisdom that tells you that's not for me anymore. Yeah, I mean, and just practically speaking, um, you know, we always we always talk we joke about it here because we're all independent business owners now. We, right. we we refer to it as you know being in the matrix or not. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I mean, so many people I know who are in corporate jobs, and I, I mean, they're like tethered to the job because of superficial stuff: money, four hundred one k status, Car, uh, safety, <clears throat> security, house. all of those things. And um, I, I don't feel like they're, they're I, I think they have that calling. Like they talk to me all the time, like, oh my God, like I, I would love to do what you're doing. I'm like, well then just do it. Mm-hmm. And then that voice kicks in, well, I can't because, right. and, right? That's and it's all the superficial things. Right. But um, but so I mean I think when people are dealing with job loss I mean I, I get it that it is it is a it is a difficult um, event but also look at that look at it as an opportunity to kind of advance um, and, and and step towards that that wholeness because it, it is a it is a wonderful thing um, so just just so you know I want to talk to to folks about kind of the the physical brain and and, and how you can kind of keep that healthy during a job search. So talk to me about, you know, diet, talk to me about, um, you know, alcohol, recreational drugs, huh. sleep, exercise, just, just lay it all on me. Well, I am not the expert, um, but I would say that sleep is one of the most critical aspects. And um, some of the study that I've done on the way that the brain regenerates during sleep it can't it can't regenerate that way in any other state um, except through sleep so if somebody has some sleep issues they really need to get on sleep hygiene is the term used right um you know figure that out because Mm -hmm. that's really critical i I mean even to the point you go to your doctor right yeah and and get a prescription you can get like trazodone for 10 bucks or whatever (laughs) a month right so but but in the short term that might be worth it just right. so you get that sleep, but go on. Right. Um, obviously, your body is needs nutrition, and I think anything that you can do to provide the kinds of things that are going to um, support brain health, support physical health, uh, particularly during times of high stress, and mm-hmm. job loss is a significant time of high stress, so it's really important to yeah. sort of pay attention to that. And yet, that's the same time when people are like wanting to sit on the couch with the Cheetos bag and the case of beer, you know. Case of beer? Some people. Who I've you heard, have in your life? I've heard that. 
<laughs> I am not a beer drinker, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, but it, th- that's a lot for one person. Oh, is it? But yes. you can sit. The case can be sitting there. And just keep. You never get up off the couch, so you just wipe the orange Cheeto dust on your wet T-shirt. So. Um, and, and so, you know, I know there's a lot now on Netflix um, about like a vegan diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're starting to learn more about the science of that. And you're, and you're seeing um, a lot of bodybuilders and things move towards vegan diets. Um, I mean, the evidence is really compelling in terms of brain health, in terms of physical health, uh, attitude, everything. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing that? Yeah, and I think it's not for every body type. Some people's systems can't handle just vegan right. or just plant-based, and and they actually might end up being sicker as a result. So oh, it's really, really, yeah. So it's really important that people have conversations with their doctor or um, and understand that certain diets only provide benefits for a particular period of time versus long term Mm -hmm. so it's just really important to stay up on the science i mean you know during the course of the time that i've been involved in eating psychology we have gone through periods of it needs to be low fat and then no it needs to be low carb and then no it needs to be you know low protein and you know the cycle just continues um so what is modern day approach it's probably going to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that, that's a good point. So I think the main thing is do your own experimentation. Mm-hmm. What's working for me? Um, what's working for me? Right. Like uh, experiment. And then at what point? What, at what point do you recognize that maybe your recreational <laughs> drug habits? I throw alcohol in there, by the way. It could be a number of things, but alcohol is definitely a recreational drug. But at what point do you realize that it's no longer serving you um, in a positive way? Um, and then this is especially important during during the job loss period, right? Because people can move to that um, with pretty great regularity to numb the pain a little bit. Right. Um, so, I mean, how, how do you kind of catch that or detect that early so you can turn that off? That is really challenging for people because um, there is a desire to sort of um, get the high from something, a sub, an, an outside substance, because that will feel good. Um, but ultimately, anything used in that way over the long term, if it becomes an addiction, it's you need more and more of it to try to, you know, give you the what you're looking for, the response you're looking for. And I'll give you a personal example, Chris, and I don't know that you and I have ever shared this, but um, when my twin sister was diagnosed with early onset dementia at age 45, God, yeah, I found myself, you know, I knew she was going to die of this disease. There's no treatment, no cure, no nothing. Um, and our mother died of it. So I knew what was ahead. And I found myself coming home from work like thinking about, well, I'm just going to open a bottle mm-hmm. of wine when I get home. I'm going to, you know, and I watched because I had, you know, something, the wisdom guide was telling me, you're sort of choosing this to numb out the pain. And so over the course of several weeks, I think I just started seeing that pattern. I'm going to go home, open a bottle of wine, and uh, then I don't have to think about the pain of this, mm-hmm. what was going to be this impending loss. Finally, I said, you know, I can choose to keep drinking 
where I can choose to be here for my sister for her remaining months or years. She lived two years. So I made a conscious choice. I'm choosing Karen. I'm not going to choose alcohol. So I stopped drinking um, her first, you know, six months of her illness. And I, I, I decided I don't need that anymore. And I haven't, I haven't gone back to it. But I come from a family of alcoholics. It's like, I, I wanted to get off that train before it Mm -hmm. sped up so fast that I could not get off and that I would, you know, crash at the end. I knew that was a possibility. And so I made that choice. I'm not saying that people need to make that choice. I'm saying that oh, conscious awareness is the key. Right. Conscious awareness. And I was not going to choose uh, numb out to live through the pain. And living through the pain became my choice. I, I have to do that. I have to just walk through. I couldn't take right. the helicopter over. I couldn't right. take the bypass. Right. I had to go through. Right. And, you know, Karen was the one that was dying. Like, I had to be there for her. Um, and I'll never regret those decisions. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And I mean, again, when, when you go through and you come out the other side, it feels great. Right. But it's the struggle, right, right. that that, uh, that you have to go through. It doesn't come easy. No. Um, and it, I think just being true to yourself and recognizing that um, this is something I have to do for the people I love. And, um, you know, the immediate, the immediate thing when she ended up having to go in a nursing home and I would you know, and she would beg me to take me her home with me, um, yeah. um, me home with her, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to leave her there, and she couldn't talk. She couldn't express herself at that point. Yeah, um, and I would just drive home, you know, weeping. Yeah. But which was better? Like, which was better? Do I numb out and then don't feel that? Or do I, like, actually, I'm not going to run from suffering anymore. Like, I actually have a card on my desk that says, I'm going to go towards it. Right. I'm going to go towards suffering right. because if somebody's suffering, I want to help them. Right. Um, I'm not going to run from it. I'm right. not going to pr- put up the barrier and protect my heart. Mm-hmm. What good is that? What good is it to put up the barrier and protect your heart? Yeah. It doesn't help anything. See, you're in the right place then. Yeah. You're in the right place hanging out with us because we, we, we agree with you. Um, and, and so, Kathy, before we, we end, um, I, I just wanted to know, I know you've got a list of things that... Um, uh, that, that you'd love to share with, with, with our listeners. So what other brain or mind hacks do you have for um, folks dealing with, with job loss to kind of keep things on track and keep things centered, balanced? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to give away all our secrets that we use in our workshop, but right. I'll share a few. Yeah, you can share a few. Yeah. It's okay. Um, one is to keep the energy open, like not close down. And I talked about it um, right earlier but just don't close down don't close off don't protect yourself that there's a real tendency to feel like i want to protect myself mm-hmm. in this but stay open you can't further a relationship you can't connect with a person networking you can't make a a true personal person to person connection if you're closed right. so keep the energy open job market will see that it will as we, dis- as we discover or discuss so you have to stay open um, the other one we talked about the default setting like what lens are you looking through what lens are you what glasses are you putting on in the morning and what lens are you looking through and can you shift take those glasses off the ones that are you know the the goggles that have the gook on them and replace them with something else so that you're looking for, you're optimistic in the morning. You're looking for what what might happen today and being open to that. The other thing is um, I think people have a tendency to feel like I've got to take charge of everything, like it's all on me. 
And I know that people are biased in that direction. Like, it's all on me. I got to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. But there's a mystery of life unfolding that you don't have any control over. To some degree, there, there are connections being made. You meet somebody who introduces you to somebody else who introduces you to a third person, and boom, that person is, thinks you're perfect for a job opening. You didn't make that happen. You know, it's just outside of your sphere of control. Be open to the mystery of things unfolding in a really positive way for you. And if you have the positive perspective that the basic trust, we'll call it basic trust, this is going to sound hokey, but that the universe wants to support you, if you have that basic trust, then yeah. things are going to unfold it's positively. All, it's, 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 it's all the same stuff, right? I mean, you, yeah. call, you can call it karma. You yeah. can call it quantum physics. You yeah. can call it a number of different things. Um, the reality is what, what your mind projects manifests itself in reality. I mean, so Rosenthal was, um, I think, one of the early researchers on this. I think he was... Larry uh, Dossi uh, also. Yeah, right. Um, so they, uh, you know, and I think Rosenthal quantified it. I don't, I don't know if the Dossi gentleman you're talking well. about yeah. quantified mm-hmm. it, but so it's real. Yeah. Um, that the mind has great power, power. over um, shaping the physical universe, right? And and so people need to understand that. And so yeah, so before you you give away all the company secrets, um, <laughs> we're we're, we're going to wrap here. But um, you know, for anybody listening out there, and if and if you're in transition. Um, you know, you want to come in and talk to us, um, do that. I mean, we'll, we'll help you get your head on straight before uh, we teach you all the cool and um, innovative ways to go about getting a job. So um, with that, Kathy, thank you, KCB. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you uh, so much for uh, for coming in and, and, and having a conversation with us today. I'm getting personal. I like that you swear and everything. We are not burning incense <laughs> here, so I, I need to get that out of, out of, the, uh, out of the atmosphere immediately. Um, but yeah, because uh, that's a fire hazard, really. Yeah, it's yeah, the only reason and, we're yeah, not doing yeah, it. It's a reputation killer, but that, that <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? Because <laughs> we don't care I about have that. Ego disillusion, right? But but well, but that's anyway. been fun, Chris. I appreciate the, yeah, the yeah, invite. Yeah, it was great. It was great. So um, for those of you out there, thanks for listening, and this is the Statement of Work podcast brought to you by Landon, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Welcome to the Landed. Statement of Work podcast. We got a new name, which is really cool. This is the second time um, we've been able to uh, to use that. So, um, so we have Kathy Cleveland Bull, who who has given me permission to call her KCB, by the way, because uh, apparently we've hung out now long enough that, that that I'm in that club. So I feel privileged. And besides, it's just it's just long. Yeah, it is. All right. So um, at any rate, so just to, to let our listeners know kind of what, what the topic of the day is, and, and we'll see where it goes and, and, and why Kathy um, is, is so instrumental with the Landed organization. Um, so, you know, back when this thing started, uh, Dave and I were, were, it really started with our transition services to, to, to help people who are out of work get back into work as fast as possible. And, and what we quickly realized is that um, as much as we wanted to, um, as much as we wanted to tell people, you know, this is, you know, this is the approach you should use. These are the tools you should use. Um, this is the language you should use. Uh, we recognized very quickly that um, we, we, had a, we really had a psychology we had to deal with first. Um, so people who were coming in, and, and by the way, I've been through this, Dave's been through it, I mean, everybody's been through it, but, you know, people would come in feeling completely stripped of their identity, 
um, fearful about um, what the future holds, a lot of anxiety, um, rejection, you name it. Um, it. It's a pretty serious traumatic life event. Um, I, you know, it's certainly not on par with, with the death of a loved one or, or probably a divorce, but it's right there behind it. And so Dave and I began um, really looking for a partner who had some expertise in the psychology of transition, who could not only come in and, and, and help our clients understand what they were, you know, what was going on in their minds, number one, but number two, some practical strategies um, for, for dealing with that. Because the reality is you can't get down to the business of really putting a good um, search campaign together if you don't have your head on straight. And, and so, um, so we met you, Kathy, yeah. uh, and you were one of the originals, um, one of them. Seriously, you were. It was you and Dawn and I think Kathleen, Catherine Laverdier and, and Dave and I. Um, but but uh, Kathy brings that expertise, and, and I'll let you get into kind of your background here in a second. But what we're going to talk about today is the psychology of transition. But we're going to talk about it from a number of different angles. And this is what's cool having you around is. Is you know we we can talk about the hardwiring of the brain and the chemistry of the brain you know all all the you know all the things that atoms make in the brain um, because that's very real and people have to understand um, have to understand how all that works in order to contain you know some anxiety and some fears and um, certainly the the you know you know the food that you eat and sleep that you get um, is really critical for the machinery to work well. Um, you know, you know me. I'm marginally interested in that. I'm way more interested in the stuff that the mush can't explain, which is the mind. Um, right. Which you know, some would argue is part and parcel to the mush. Um, I'm of the belief, and I think you're of the belief that it's something different, um, and it's something special and separate. And so um, that to me is the elephant. Um, that is the thing that really needs to be um, front and center when, when you're talking to people about how to get your head on straight and how to get your psychology right. You gotta deal with the mind. And so Kathy can speak to both. And that's why you're here today and that's yeah. why you've been around Landon for so long. So I, I just wanna, you know, first of all, welcome um, and, and kick it over to you real quick. Just talk about kind of your business and, and um, your background, and then, and then we're going to jump right into it. Excellent. So I have a company, and I've had it since um, January of 2001, called Encompass Consulting, where I help clients navigate the art and science of change. And one way to help them do that is to understand the psychology behind change and transition, which is why I got connected with Landed a year ago, about a year ago. And um, I have a background in psychology and then an advanced degree in, in counseling. <clears throat> so I bring, and I've been a student of, like a real learner of psychology for 25 years. And I love everything that's psychological. I love thinking about things that are psychological and interacting with people um, in that space. So cool. I can't get enough of that. So being able to bring that to a practical question of how to help people in career transition is really exciting to me. Yeah, it's great. And it's great to have you here. And so let, let's let's jump in. Let's let's do the machinery first. Okay. Um, so when somebody's dealing with a traumatic event like a job loss, uh, what what's happening, you know, just from a wiring perspective, what's going on inside yeah. of the brain? That's that really to important know? to know because we are hardwired for survival, so we have high alert for threat. 
And that's just the way the brain is stacked. It's just the evolutionary process of the brain. It's stacked to have um, things come through uh, a, the base of the brain stem, which is our automatic systems, and that's where our fight and flight is. Mm-hmm. And then it funnels through this emotional part of the brain, the limbic system, which mm-hmm. is that mid part. And then most recently evolved is this cerebral cortex, which thinks. Um, but we aren't moving to the thinking part when we face a job loss. We feel threatened. And so the parts that are really working hard are, is the, um, that base brainstem and the limbic system because it's feeling a threat. Mm-hmm. And that triggers all sorts of processes in our body. Mm-hmm. Uh, the anxiety, the depression, the fear, the sense that I don't know if I can survive this. Right. Now the, le- the thinking brain is saying, and your friends are telling you, you got this, this is no big deal, it's no problem, why are you getting so upset about it? But that's not how you feel. Inside you're feeling threat mm-hmm. and that can I survive? So it triggers off this real sense of um, a survival. Yeah, and I mean, and that's your base. I mean, that's your reptilian brain. I, right. So, so I have to think that's happening on a subconscious level. Right. Um, and so you start breathing heavily, right? Um, and and I, I have to think, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you're breathing heavily, your thinking brain, your your cortex is says is saying something must be wrong because right. you're breathing heavily. Right. Um, and does that? I mean, does that trigger the the anxiety? Well, there's, there's two systems in, the, in our autonomic nervous system that are at work, and they're both, both very important. One is the sympathetic nervous system, which is that stress response, the thing that shoots the cortisol through your body, um, creates that anxiety, also causes you to hold on weight in your middle, by the mm-hmm. way, but that's a whole other topic. Um, and then there's the parasympathetic nervous system. That sim- system is the rest and you know the relaxation system we have to both of those can be automatic so we want to turn on that um, parasympathetic system to calm down but what you're describing is the brain is is telling you red alert red alert and so this cortisol shooting through your body and the the blood flow is actually going to your brain Mm -hmm. your eyes your ears your arms your legs because you're trying to get away from threat Mm -hmm. And so it's not, it's not good long-term. It's a great short-term strategy, like when you're being chased by the bear, then right. yes, you want that turned on. But for the long-term, you can't operate in that for an optimal health perspective. So you wanna get back into that relaxation response. When you've lost your job, you're still feeling like it's threat. And so we want to move people through that right. sympathetic nervous system, go into turning on the parasympathetic nervous yeah. system, the rest, relaxation, um, calm down, you know, this is not going to kill you. But if you don't know that that's happening in a subconscious level, then you're not aware that you can do something about it. Right. And and you're right that, you know, when the bear is chasing you or the tiger, you know, emerges from the, you know, from the brush in the jungle, um, that's optimal to, to quickly, you know, react and get out of dodge right um but with job searches sometimes those can last three months right you can't have that turned on there is no lion coming out of the brush in an an instant um this is something that's a prolonged 
sustained threat. And if you can't break that cycle, I, yes. I mean, it's, it's miserable. Right, right. And you probably make everybody miserable around you. Actually, I know for a fact that you do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just speaking right. in hypothetical terms. It. Right. Um, so let, let's jump right, right into practical strategies then. Um, so how do you turn it off? What are some strategies for those who might be listening right now? Yeah. So what we want to do, that gets right to our issue around mindset. So if you have this system that's sort of turned on, I always like to say that our brains are hardwired for survival, but not success. And that what I mean by that is that you are on high alert for threat. So you have to understand, I've got to do something different. I've got to take charge of this situation. I've got to take charge of where I'm at right now and turn it around for myself. And the way you have to turn it around is, first of all, recognize, and you brought it up at the, at the top, recognize you're experiencing tremendous feelings of loss and um, suffering around loss of identity. Uh, if you've lost your job, you've lost not just your identity, but you've lost your routine. You've yeah. lost your sense of security. And so you've lost your coworkers, your friends, like your community, your way to work, like all of that is gone. It's very disruptive. So we want people to understand there's gonna be grieving around the endings. So understanding a transition, um, the phases of transition, which starts with endings, grieve that loss. We're not gonna jump right to, here's some strategies for finding a new job. Right. No, let's get through the loss. And I like to say that if you don't, you're carrying that baggage in with you to an interview, to a new job, and it's gonna come back and it, bite it shows. you. It, it absolutely yeah. shows. We, we, we have folks come in here like that all the time. It's written all over their faces. And, yeah. and unfortunately, in this um, you know, you know, Darwinian world we live in, um, weakness does not fly in, no. in the job market whatsoever. Um, and so you know, people really have to figure out how to shake that. Are you getting that feedback? Yeah. Is somebody sawing upstairs? Downstairs. <laughs> Oh my they God, are. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Okay, so at any rate, we're back. So so honestly, tell me this much, because I'm a believer in this, and I know you are as, as well, and, and we'll probably get into a little Buddhist philosophy here as well, but uh, I, I am a believer that the human mind is incredibly it's powerful, um, more so than people give it credit for. I think the human mind... Um, it has unbelievable power in shaping reality. Um, your thoughts can shape reality. And you, you touched on it just a second ago. So if you're, if you're thinking negative thoughts and you get in that loop and you're thinking, God, they didn't want me, they rejected me, I'm no good. Like, I mean, it, everybody's been there, right? And that kind of starts to loop, it starts to loop. And then guess what? Bad things start to happen. Yeah, right. Um, you don't get as many calls for, for job opportunities. Um, you're not having as many networking meetings. Um, you, you find yourself a little alienated, and if you're not careful, you wind up in the valley of despair, which right. is which is that death spiral you can get into. And so, I mean, are you with me that, 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 that yes. your thoughts can shape and reality? And I'll tell you, no one knows why that is, but we know that it is. And there has right. been research that's proven that. Right. And what you're describing, that sort of negative feedback loop, we want to provide people an off-ramp. Yes. We've got to give them a positive pathway. 
So a positive pathway, get them off that, um, that negative feedback cycle, give them some way out. And in Jungian psychology, which is my background, we say that there is, you can't, you know, I say you can't take a helicopter over it. You can't take the bypass around it. Right. The only way out is through. The only way out is through. And so you take the time you need mm -hmm. to get the help you need and the support you need to move forward and start tapping into the unlimited potential of that mind, which you're describing, yeah. and have it work for you mm -hmm. instead of have it be, you know, are you going to be on your own side or not? Right. And if you can't be on your own side, like I can help people get on their own side right. instead of being the person that is providing the negative um, impetus to their yeah. future. I mean, because you see it all over the place. That, that, that The people who are most successful in this world tend to be optimistic. They, they, they tend to have a positive view of the world. They tend right. to see themselves as the center and having control versus, you know, the external world having influence over them. Um, and, and it's a formula you see repeated over and over again. And, and in the job market, it's exactly the same. The question is, you've just been dealt a very serious blow. Right. And, and it's incredibly hard. You know, anybody listening right now would say, yeah, okay, you know, that's easy for you to say because you're not going through it. But what I can tell you is I have been through it. Right. And, um, and, and I, you know, I've been standing looking into the abyss like everybody else, and it's, it's a bad place to be. And, and it just really gives, takes a hit, yeah, a, a tremendous hit on the ego. But unfortunately, the, the world responds in kind. And, uh, yeah. and when you're there, good things aren't happening. Um, and so, you know, I, what I tried, and you tell me if there's there's some power in this, um, what I tried to do was to be mindful of my thinking right. and to catch myself when I started to go into one of those loops and just to say, just stop it. Mm -hmm. Of course you're going to work again. Mm -hmm. You know, of course course you've accomplished a lot relax man and then it would you know whenever it would start again like it, it was a conscious effort let's put it this way um to change the way that i thought and, and in many ways it was kind of mechanical and artificial for mm -hmm. a while but it helped right it helped me get out right any reality to that absolutely absolutely one of the things i use and you've heard me talk about the default setting and some people just are naturally more prone to positivity and actually, there's research that shows that that means they have more cortical activity on the left side of their brain. Mm -hmm. But people don't need to know that. Right. But it's true that some people are just more predisposed to being positive. Mm -hmm. If you are not, if for some reason you tend to be uh, more of Eeyore, you know, more negative, more down, or you call yourself just, I'm just realistic, uh, then you have to overcome, you have to do something specific to overcome that. You have to work with your self-talk and you have to consciously choose different ways of thinking right. to turn that around towards that positive pathway. Um, what you're experiencing is real, but it isn't true. Like it feels real that I'm threatened and that um, I might not find a job and nobody's going to hire me and that feels real to you, but it isn't true. It's not. It's not true. Every single person we work with through Landed and through our co coaching practices will find work. Right. They will find that next job, but they don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. And we can provide the confidence that we know they can, not only because of the tools we provide, 
um, but because of the way we help them shape yep. their thinking. Yeah, you know, and it's I, both. It's both of those. Things. I agree, and and I very rarely, um, you know, when our clients land in new roles, I very rarely hear people say, "God, it just turned out worse." <laughs> right. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I very rarely hear that, and and so it does get better, um, and so. You know, it, and you know all, the other thing they might say, Chris, sorry to interrupt. No, it's okay. They might say, that job loss was the best thing that uh, ever right. happened to me. Right. And, 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 and it is some, a lot of times because, you know, the more... The, I had the further to be you, pushed forward. Yeah. And the further you, you get from the event, um, and the more... And, and, and I'm just going to speak personally, right, and not hypothetically, but the longer I was out, um, and the more my identity of being a corporate, you know, executive kind of died, um, and then eventually just died. Yeah. Um, you know, when you would look in the mirror every day, you would be looking at the self. Not, I was going to talk about that. Yeah. So I'm teeing you up. I'm, I'm you going down are. the, I'm going oh down the youngin path for you. <laughs> but, but, I mean, this, this was my experience is that, you know, I, I'd be looking at, myself and for the first time because the person I was looking at for years and years and years was a job title was an income um, was you know a status symbol was a car was a house it, I, it was all of those things and after five or six months it was none of those things which and maybe this is what Young was talking about the fighting through that was the moment that I said okay well since I got nothing else to lose, right. better figure this out. Right. And I swear to God, that was the moment Turning point. that I got on track. Exactly. What you're describing is sort of backing up. The ego really, really wants to be the real deal. Mm -hmm. The ego wants to be the real thing. And so it props up all these artificial things to make it think it's real. The ego isn't the real thing. No. So you might, this might be a real blessing if your ego gets sort of tinkered with or shattered or, gets, or yeah. you know. Or it gets or it too gets, big. Yeah, or it gets chipped away. Mm -hmm. Because then, as you had the experience, Chris, you look in the mirror and you start to see, wait, there's a true self in there. Right. And to come in contact with that, to really come in contact with that true self, people can live their whole, whole lives and never have that. Right. Right. Never have that sense of, wait, there's something, this persona is not me. Right. And doesn't it feel like when you shed that persona skin, uh, you, feel something, light. you feel liberated? You feel, you feel light and you feel like, where have you been? Right. And, um, you know, what, what, and, and that's kind of what we do here is to help people figure out the self because that's where it's at. That's where the fun is. That's where the magic happens. And so, you know, when I when I do coaching, the first question I'll ask uh, a client is, "What? Well, tell me about it. Like, who are you?" Right. And you know, of course, they'll say, you know, they'll give me their whole resume. Right. And, you know, and then I progressed into this job and moved to this community, and I let them get it out. It usually takes about twenty minutes. I'm like, it was great talking to your ego. Now, who are you? Yes. And and so that then starts. The, the, the conversation more around who are you at the core? Like, like what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What do you love to do? Who are you and what makes you uniquely you? And that's a much more 
productive path to go down. And so I just, I want people who are listening to this to understand that a lot of that pain you're feeling and a lot of that discomfort, it's your ego dissolving, but it's not a bad thing. No. It's actually not a bad thing. Um, it's so to, it's your movement towards, in Jungian terms, you know, individuation. Yes. You become more, more who you are at your center. And some sometimes, I would say, I would argue all the time, the best way there is through suffering. Mm-hmm. The yes. best way there is through suffering. Yes. Like you, if you, if life is rosy, you don't ever have to question the validity of that persona. Yeah. You just buy it. Yeah. I, yeah. But I, that is not good for you in the long run. It's not. No, you're right. And, and uh, I, I think I realized for the first time, too, that life is about the struggle. Right. You know, like, like you can't. You can't find yourself without the struggle, to your point. And so, um, I, I mean, it, it's a different way to look at job loss. And I, and I get it that there are some short-term things to be worried about. Those are, those are real. Um, and it's worthwhile to kind of sit down and put together your financial plan. and um, Your strategies. We help people with that. You know, but cut the cord to cable and yeah. grab yourself a fire stick. It's better yeah. anyway. Um, but there are a number of things you can do. If you really sit down and um, put your plan together, you'll realize you have more time than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that can put your mind at ease a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's not a bad thing. And let me give you another reason why um, I think what we're providing is so helpful. This is not the last transition you will go through. Right. This isn't it. But if you can learn these strategies and these really important pieces about to understand this is how my mind works, this is how my brain works, and here are some specific strategies for navigating this transition, guess what? You've got the tools to navigate the next transition, right. and I guarantee you there'll be one. Right. It may not be a job transition, but you may experience a loss of a loved one or, you know, or a relocation or who knows what. There will be transitions coming up, coming your way, and... Wouldn't it be great to have some really effective strategies to navigate that change in the future? Right. Uh, how do you feel about meditation? It's absolutely key for everybody. Everybody can benefit. Five minutes a day, doesn't matter. 30 minutes a day. Everybody can benefit from meditation because all you're doing is calming that, in Buddhism, called monkey mind, the thing that just... It's the spin cycle, and you can get off the spin cycle. Yeah, just yeah. It's, it's, brings it's, down. it's the problem-solving brain, right, that you're shutting down. But why is that important to shut that off, or even if it's just 10 minutes a day? Like, what, what, are, the, what are the benefits you can get during the day? And let's say you've gone through a job loss. Um, what are the benefits you can gain? Well, any kind of practice, any kind of, you know, practice where you're, you're in reality, we don't call meditation meditation. We call it practice, sitting practice, because you don't do it right. Nobody does it right. You just do it. You sit down and you do it. The benefit is the way you're training the mind to work for you instead of against you, because your thoughts, your mind, the kinds of things that are spinning off, it's your storyline, and, and you get bought into the storyline. Meditation allows you to sort of stop the action, and every time you drift off, you come back. Mm-hmm. Drift off, come back. And um, there are so many wonderful apps that you know you can use to sort of help with that. And for some people who say meditation is a little too Eastern for them, contemplative prayer is exactly the same thing. It's mm-hmm. you know a little bit more mainstream maybe, yeah. but all for the same benefit. Tame that 
that mind that is just it's not serving you it's serving the ego yeah back to the ego well so yeah it's serving and, yourself and, and i'm sorry i discovered that um so late in life um because it, it really is beneficial i mean it's something that i try to do every morning 10 minutes um it usually takes me about three minutes to shut the hell up right because i'm constantly i'm talking to myself right. i've just had a cup of coffee and i'm talking and it takes me about three to five minutes to just shut it all down um, and focus on a singular thought um, mm -hmm. and to constantly There's go back so many, to that singular thought. That's that's for me, so right? So many that's different how I do methods. It. But what I'll say is, is, and it takes practice, uh, to your point. Like like people will say, well, I tried it three times. You know and, what? And you start, work. I'll tell you what, you start getting good at it decade two, decade <laughs> three. That's when you start getting really pretty good at meditation. Right. But even after a month, though. I mean, yeah. you can get some benefit. I, oh, you won't be there's benefit for day one. Yeah. Because the benefit is you recognize my mind is constantly going. Yeah. And, and what you'll feel. Um, and so like the first three or four times, like you're, you're going to your brain's going to take over and it's going to wander and everything like that. And you're going to be fighting it. And that's what it is. It's, it's, it's like it's like working out a muscle. So for those of you that, that try it, um, just know that the, the beginning, it's it's difficult. Um, but as you get better at it, you know, even as you go into it for two weeks, three weeks, you will feel the switch turn um, and you'll kind of start to zone out and essentially you become a part of the here and now, um, which is really where you want to be with this um, because, uh, and, and I'm stealing from, from a philosopher that I, I really like, um, but uh, um, he said something really powerful, and this is just, you know, Eastern um, as well, but he said that, you know, we spend so much of our time in the future and so much of our time in the past, but there's nothing real no. about the future or the past. They're just ideas. Mm -hmm. They're just thoughts. They're just symbols. They're, they're, there's really nothing tangible there. The only thing that's real, the only thing that's tangible is now. Is this breath. Yeah. And now this breath. That's the only there there really is no linear time it's just now and it's always been now right um and that that was just really compelling for me but i think meditation is a way to get kind of in in connection with the here and now and what happens is when that alarm goes off when you get better at it you feel refreshed mm -hmm. you feel good it actually is is as good as a nap I totally agree. You know, I totally agree. You can agree. get re really reju rejuvenated yeah, from like I'll, it. I'll go do a workout right yep. after that. Bang. Yep. And, and, and I, you feel phenomenal. So um, I, I think that's a good strategy. Mm -hmm. I, I wish somebody would have told me that or taught right. me that when I was going through well, my Well, we ordeal. talk about it in our transition workshop. That, that is, that is um, true. I have a bracelet that says it has the word inscribed on it. And people ask me about it when I wear it. The word is stay. Stay. Because it's just a reminder that... I've got to stay in this present moment. I don't need to chase something in the future, and I don't need to be spending my time regretting anything in the past. You know, fear yeah. of the future and regret of the past are twin thieves that rob us from today. Oh, I love it. And um, that somebody said that, not me, somebody else, but I don't know the who. <laughs> that was your opportunity yeah. to just steal it right there. Ooh. That was good, though. I mean, it's, it's powerful, and, 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 and getting to the self is so important. What's interesting is when you when you do finally find the self, then you stop comparing yourself um, to others. I used to do that all the time. I remember when I was kind yeah. of in my court and I was in the climb, you know, the climb. Right. And I was always looking around to see, all right, who's competing Measure for up. me. For I'm ahead promotion. of him. I'm behind him. Right. And then in my neighborhood and, you know, yeah. I'd always say, well, this person's my age and are they ahead or behind me? Right. And 
I haven't had those thoughts in at least two years. I don't even think about that anymore. That's the judging. I wanted to talk about that. I mean, there's there's this mind that sort of just narrates the world. You know, it's that voice that sort of narrates the world. Chris and I are in a podcast right now. That's the narrator. The narrator doesn't stick with just narrating the world. It then goes to judging. Yes. Did we do this good or is this shitty? Like, is this good or bad? And so no, all this. I know. Am I allowed take, to say that on a podcast? No. Oh, crap. This is a podcast. Um, okay. Yeah. So then we all of a sudden it sorts of shifts to this judgmental mind, which does us no good. Like, if we can go back to the narrator, and even behind the narrator is just the stillness. And if you think about who, who, what part of you, when you're meditating, Chris, what part of you is the part that says thinking, that points out, I just, I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I got to bring it back to here. Right. Thinking, bring it back to here. Yep. That's the self. Yeah, I agree. The self is the one that has the wisdom that's the inner wisdom guide that brings you back to now. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing when you discover that. And, and I know we probably sound like hoo-hoo to people, right? Like, oh, okay. Here yeah. they go. You guys I turned it off have, after five you minutes. In, you have some <laughs> incense burning in the room. Yeah, thanks well, a lot. Well, they don't know, but we have it going right now. Uh, we do not. <laughs> um, so, but, but it is true. I mean, it, it's a beautiful thing when you, when you find the self because it's, it's liberating. It, it, it frees you from... Um, from all of the, the bullshit um, that you're surrounded by. And what's, what's really fascinating is that you, you still live in the same world, but it's totally different because of your mindset and the lens that you're looking through. Same, same world, totally different view on it. Um, so it, in, in many ways, it almost is like living in a different world right. um, than, than you were before. And, and it's weird when you when you get there, you kind of look at others who haven't gotten there, um, and you want them to get there. In every in every religious spiritual tradition, in some way or another, they talk about waking up out of the dream. In some way, they have some concept for waking up out of the dream. It's an illusion. Wake up, you know, change your mind, and. Um, and, and it's a it's really mystical. It's a it's a mystery. None of us know. Um, we can't describe it. You know, it's hard to talk about it. Even us trying to articulate mm-hmm. waking up or or just touching in or tapping into that true self somehow. Yeah. Um, one of the ways that we use in Jungian psychology to describe that is the psyche is always trying always trying to move us towards wholeness and individuation always so if you feel compelled like progression we call it progression energy if you feel pulled forward towards something it could be towards a new career um, a new relationship that energy that pulls you forward that's the psyche speaking to you right regression energy is the energy that's sort of saying no longer interested in this yeah i don't want to pursue this anymore yeah. i don't need to be pulled into this you know this conflict or i don't want to get pulled into that anymore well, that's yeah. regression energy and it's the part of you it's the inner wisdom that tells you 
that's not for me anymore. Yeah, I mean, and just practically speaking, um, you know, we always we always talk joke about it here because we're all independent business owners now. We, right. we we refer to it as you know being in the matrix or not. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I mean, so many people I know who are in corporate jobs, and I, I mean, they're like tethered to the job because of superficial stuff, money, um, 401k, status, Car, uh, safety, <laughs> security, house. all of those things. And um, I, I don't feel like they're, they're I, I think they have that calling. Like they talk to me all the time, like, oh my God, like I, I would love to do what you're doing. I'm like, well then just do it. Mm-hmm. And then that voice kicks in, well I can't because, right. and, right? That's and it's all the superficial things. right? But um, but so I mean I think when people are dealing with job loss, I mean I, I get it that it is it is a it is a difficult um, event, but also look at that look at it as an opportunity to kind of advance, um, and 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 step towards that that wholeness because it, it is a it is a wonderful thing. Um, so just just so you know, I want to talk to to folks about kind of the the physical brain and and, and how you can kind of keep that healthy during a job search. So talk to me about, you know, diet, talk to me about, um, you know, alcohol, recreational drugs, huh. sleep, exercise, just, just lay it all on me. Well, I am not the expert, um, but I would say that sleep is one of the most critical aspects and um, some of the study that I've done on the way that the brain regenerates during sleep it can't it can't regenerate that way in any other state um, except through sleep so if somebody has some sleep issues they really need to get on sleep hygiene is the term used right um you know figure that out because Mm -hmm. that's really critical i I mean even to the point you go to your doctor right yeah and and get a prescription you can get like trazodone for 10 bucks or whatever (laughs) a month right so but but in the short term that might be worth it just right. so you get that sleep, but go on. Right. Um, obviously, your body is needs nutrition, and I think anything that you can do to provide the kinds of things that are going to um, support brain health, support physical health, uh, particularly during times of high stress, and mm-hmm. job loss is a significant time of high stress, so it's really important to yeah. sort of pay attention to that. And yet, that's the same time when people are like wanting to sit on the couch with the Cheetos bag and the case of beer, you know. Case of beer? Some people Who have you heard. in your life? I've heard that. <laughs> I am not a beer drinker, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, but th- that's a lot for one person. Oh, is it? But yes. you can sit. The case can be sitting there. And just keep. You never get up off the couch, so you just wipe the orange Cheeto dust on your white T-shirt. So, um, and and so you know, I know there's a lot now on Netflix um, about like a vegan diet, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we're starting to learn more about the science of that. And you're and you're seeing. Um, a lot of bodybuilders and things move towards vegan diets. Um, I mean, the evidence is really compelling in terms of brain health, in terms of physical health, uh, attitude, everything. Are mm-hmm. you hearing that? Yeah, and I think it's not for every body type. Some people's systems can't handle just vegan right. or just plant-based, and and they actually might end up being sicker as a result. So oh, it's really, really, yeah. So it's really important that people have conversations with their doctor or um and understand that certain diets only provide 
benefits for a particular period of time versus long term. So it's just really important to stay up on the science. I mean, you know, during the course of the time that I've been involved in eating psychology, we have gone through periods of it needs to be low fat, and then no, it needs to be low carb, and then no, it needs to be, you know, low protein. And, you know, the cycle just continues. Um, So what is modern day approach? It's probably going to change. Yeah, Um, that's a good point. So I think the main thing is do your own experimentation. Mm -hmm. What's working for me? Um, What's working for me? Right. Like uh, experiment. And then at what point... At what point do you recognize that maybe your recreational (laughs) drug habits... I throw alcohol in there, by the way. It could be a number of things, but alcohol is definitely a recreational drug. But uh, at what point do you realize that it's no longer serving you um, in a positive way? Um, And then this is especially important during during the job loss period, right? Because people can move to that um, with pretty great regularity to numb the pain a little bit. Right. Um, so, I mean, how, how do you kind of catch that or detect that early so you can turn that off? That is really challenging for people because um, there is a desire to sort of um, get the high from something, a sub, an outside substance, because that will feel good. Um, but ultimately... Anything used in that way over the long term, if it becomes an addiction, it's you need more and more of it to try to, you know, give you the what you're looking for, the response you're looking for. And I'll give you a personal example, Chris. And I don't know that you and I have ever shared this, but um, when my twin sister was diagnosed with early onset dementia at age 45, yeah, I found myself. You know, I knew she was going to die of this disease. There's no treatment, no cure, no nothing. Um, and our mother died of it. So I knew what was ahead. And I found myself coming home from work, like thinking about, well, I'm just going to open a bottle mm-hmm. of wine when I get home. I'm going to, you know. And I watched because I had, you know, something, the wisdom guide was telling me, you're sort of choosing this to numb out the pain. And so over the course of several weeks, I think I just started seeing that pattern. I'm going to go home, open a bottle of wine, and uh, then I don't have to think about the pain of this, what was going to be this impending loss. Finally, I said, you know, I can choose to keep drinking, or I can choose to be here for my sister for her remaining months or years. She lived two years. So I made a conscious choice. I'm choosing Karen. I'm not going to choose alcohol. So I stopped drinking um, her first, you know, six months of her illness, and I, I, I decided I don't need that anymore, and I haven't, I haven't gone back to it. But I come from a family of alcoholics. It's like, yeah. I, I wanted to get off that train before it mm-hmm. sped up so fast that I could not get off, and that I would, you know, crash at the end. I knew that was a possibility, and so I made that choice. I'm not saying that people need to make that choice. I'm saying that, oh, conscious awareness is the key. Right. conscious awareness and I was not going to choose uh, numb out to live through the pain and living through the pain became my choice I I have to do that I have to just walk through I couldn't take right. the helicopter over I couldn't right. take the bypass right. I had to go through right and you know Karen was the one that was dying like I had to be there for her 
Um, and I'll never regret those decisions. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And I mean, again, when, when you go through and you come out the other side, it feels great. Right. But it's the struggle, right, right. that that, uh, that you have to go through. It doesn't come easy. No. Um, and it, I think just being true to yourself and recognizing that um, this is something I have to do for the people I love and, um, you know, the immediate the immediate thing when she ended up having to go in a nursing home and I would, you know, and she would beg me to take me, her home with me, um, um, me home with her, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had to leave her there and she couldn't talk. She couldn't express herself at that point. Um, and I would just drive home, you know, weeping, but which was better? Like, which was better? Do I numb out and then don't feel that? Or do I, like, actually, I'm not going to run from suffering anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually have a card on my desk that says, I'm going to go towards it. Right. I'm going to go towards suffering right. because if somebody's suffering, I want to help them. Right. Um, I'm not going to run from it. I'm right. not going to pr- put up the barrier and protect my heart. Mm-hmm. What good is that? What good is it to put up the barrier and protect your heart? Yeah. It doesn't help anything. See, you're in the right place then. Yeah. You're in the right place hanging out with us because we, we, we agree with you. Um, and, and so, Kathy, before we, we end, um, I, I just wanted to know, I know you've got a list of things that, um, uh, that, that you'd love to share with, with, with our listeners. So what other brain or mind hacks do you have for um, folks dealing with, with job loss to kind of keep things on track and keep things centered, balanced? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to give away all our secrets that we use in our workshop, but right. I'll share a few. Yeah, you can share a few. Yeah. It's okay. Um, one is to keep the energy open, like not close down. And I talked about it um, right. earlier, but just don't close down. Don't close off. Don't protect yourself. That, there's a real tendency to feel like I want to protect myself mm-hmm. in this, but stay open. You can't further a relationship. You can't connect with a person networking. You can't make a, a true personal person to person connection if you're closed right. so keep the energy open. job market will see that it will as we, dis- as we discover or discuss so you have to stay open um the other one we talked about the default setting like what lens are you looking through what lens are you what glasses are you putting on in the morning and what lens are you looking through and can you shift take those glasses off the ones that are you know the the goggles that have the gook on them and replace them with something else so that you're looking for, you're optimistic in the morning. You're looking for what what might happen today and being open to that. The other thing is um, I think people have a tendency to feel like I've got to take charge of everything, like it's all on me. And I know that people are biased in that direction. Like it's all on me. I got to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. But there's a mystery of life unfolding that you don't have any control over. To some degree, there there are connections being made. You meet somebody who introduces you to somebody else who introduces you to a third person, and boom, that person is thinks you're perfect for a job opening. You didn't make that happen. You know, it's just outside of your sphere of control. Be open to the mystery of things unfolding in a really positive way for you. And if you have the positive perspective that the basic trust, we'll call it basic trust. This is going to sound hokey, but that the universe wants to support you. Mm-hmm. If you have that basic trust, then yeah. things are going to unfold it's positively. All, it's, 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 it's all the same stuff, right? I mean, you, yeah. call, you can call it karma. You yeah. can call it quantum physics. You yeah. can call it a number of different things. Um, the reality is what, what your mind projects 
manifests itself in reality. I mean, so Rosenthal was, um, I think, one of the early researchers on this. I think he was uh, Larry Dossi also. Yeah, right. Um, so they, uh, you know, and I think Rosenthal quantified it. I don't, I don't know if the gentleman you're talking well. about yeah. quantified mm-hmm. it, but so it's real. Yeah. Um, that the mind has great power, power. over um, shaping the physical universe, right? And and so people need to understand that. And so yeah. So before you, you give away all the company secrets, um, <laughs> we're we're, we're going to wrap here. But um, you know, for anybody listening out there, and if and if you're in transition. Um, you know, you want to come in and talk to us, um, do that. I mean, we'll, we'll help you get your head on straight before uh, we teach you all the cool and um, innovative ways to go about getting a job. So um, with that, Kathy, thank you, KCB. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you uh, so much for uh, for coming in and, and, and having a conversation with us today. I'm getting personal. I like that you sweared and everything. We are not burning incense <laughs> here, so I, I need to get that out of, out of, the, uh, out of the atmosphere immediately. Um, but yeah, because uh, that's a fire hazard, really. Yeah, it's yeah, the only reason and, we're yeah, not doing yeah, it. It's a reputation killer, but that, that <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? Because <laughs> we don't care I about have that. Ego disillusion, right? But but well, but that's anyway. been fun, Chris. I appreciate this. Yeah, the yeah, invite. it was great. It was great. So um, for those of you out there, thanks for listening, and this is the Statement of Work podcast brought to you by Landon, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya.